Can somebody tell me what the Sam Hill is going on around here? Well, we can't, sir. Well, who are you? With Nerd Alert Squad. Oh, it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Welcome to my nightmare. You like scary movies? Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? There are things that go bump in the night. Listen to them, children of the night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. What music they make! You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. There are rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Number one, you can never have sex. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Red rum! Red rum! Number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. They're here. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Here's Johnny. I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Matu, Marada. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'll be right back. Oh! Hello there, and welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Alert. Uh, I am Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and with me this week, the whole crew is back together for the first time since we road tripped to Iowa. The whole crew is back together. Uh, we misplaced uh, Scott in the Field of Dreams. He was wandering around a bit. We had to go find him. Uh, but we're all back, uh, all of us, of course, being, first of all, my right-hand man, the man who keeps the nerd in the Todd Nerdy Toomey Network, Commander Scott. Yes, yeah, so I, I walked out to the outfield of the Field of Dreams, and I started walking around the corn, and I found myself in this whole other place. And <laughs> yeah, so they're like, can I help you? And I'm like, uh, am I still in Iowa? And they're like, oh, you're one of those. No, 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 no. Uh, you need to turn around and go back right now. Uh, so, yeah, it was mistakes were made. Yes, they were. Pictures <laughs> of some of them. No, no, photographic evidence does not exist. Oh, okay, sure. Routing out our trio, <laughs> the man of the hour, joining us from somewhere in time and space via a DeLorean. It's the Doc. Okay. Apparently, he had to open his. How's it going? <laughs> That's not a tagline from an 80s TV show or movie. I just want you guys to know that uh, this Bud's for you. Aww. But it's really not Bud. It's uh, New Glarus Brewing Company Spotted Cow. Um, sorry, I didn't. No wedding, but. Um, Somebody <clears throat> was only donating their alcohol that night, so no, no names on that one. No, no names, none. Yeah, none. There's no names on who was uh, 
only borrowing alcohol for part of the night. Well, to be fair, everybody only borrowed the alcohol for part of the night. It's just the, it's just the exit route. <laughs> Some people returned it earlier than it anticipated. Uh, but that's how you know it's a party. Yes, and some people returned it the night before, but we won't get into that either. Yeah, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> anyway, welcome <laughs> to a brand new edition of Nerd Alerts. Uh, we are still in spooky season, so we are bringing you another spooky edition of the show. And this week, uh, I think we've all straightened it out now. There's some confusion over topics, uh, but it's all ironed out now this week. We are going to be, so we started the month off with the Monster Mash Tournament, which was a fun way to highlight some of our favorite monsters, and we got a little obscure with it because that's what we do on the show. And it was fun. It was a good time. We enjoyed it. We hope you had fun with it. But that was to highlight the monsters, which you can argue are kind of what this season's all about. You know, uh, running for monsters, dressing up like a monster, watching monster movies, playing monster games. It's a very monstrous time of year. But, if with every monster you need you need your hero you need your your i mean depending on your point of view <clears throat> from a certain point of view uh you need that person who's going to come in and save you from that monster who's going to slay that dragon so this week we're doing sort of the flip side of the coin it's not a tournament uh but we're going to spend this week highlighting our favorite monster slayers monster hunters whatever you want to call them uh our badass people who kill monsters that's what this week is about. We're going to go through and highlight some of our favorites from comic books, video games, movies, TV shows, whatever. Uh, the, the floodgates are wide open on this. Um, and we're going to look at kind of uh, give you a little bit, little bit of a rundown of who they are and talk about some of because it's, it, you know, this was a uh, topic me and Jay were prepping to do. And, you know, if me and Jay are doing a topic, we're going to get into the hardware. So take a look at their arsenal and their tactics and then. Uh, I might have been the only one who did this, but I love a monster hunter who can throw out a quippy one-liner. So I also have, for each of them, a handy assortment of their best one-liners. Um, that being said, Jay, do you want to start us off? I will start us off, and I'm going to start us off with the big gun. Literally, the big gun. Uh, first on my list of monster hunters is the demon spawn brought forth during World War II and Elf Hellboy. Nice. <clears throat> so, Hellboy, like I said, demon spawn brought from hell. Uh, and I'm going talking about the Hellboy from the movie, like the only movie I've seen, and that's the Ron Perlman version. Uh, One and two? No, I haven't seen Golden Army. What um, the hell are you waiting for? I don't know. I just, it, I don't know. Take one point off, Jay. Sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, but this is whose line now? The, the games are minute, but the points don't matter. Take a right. point away from Jay. Go ahead. Damn. Go ahead. Okay. Hellboy. Gotcha. Uh, so Hellboy, he is a member of the BPRD, which stands for the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. <laughs> My bad. Scott, what are you playing with? <laughs> Please continue. It went off. I can't help it. It just went off. 
Okay. Uh, so anyway, he's a member of the BPRD, the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. Um, he's part of a team of other uniquely gifted individuals. Uh, his, his, I guess you could say, adopted father uh, was one of the founding members of this and actually found Hellboy. And that's why he's got this sort of affinity for, was it Baby Ruth candy bars, I'm pretty sure? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but what I like most about Hellboy is, well, he's he is a good combination of killing monsters and also giving us uh, sort of witty banter with not only the monsters, but other people that work around. Right. Unlike John, I didn't come up with any nice quip one liners, um, but I did do my research on what is my favorite thing about Hellboy, and that is the Good Samaritan. Uh, and no, I don't mean the nice person that helps little ladies across the street. I mean his giant four-shot revolver that has to have specially made rounds because of how large the chamber is to hold each round. So, little research on the Good Samaritan. It is named after, uh, I think it was the person, like, the story from the Bible of the Good Samaritan because it puts monsters out of their misery. That's that's exactly the the quote from the research. The grips are carved from fragments of the true cross. It is forged from Irish church bells, cold iron crucifixes, and blessed silver. And Hellboy makes his own rounds, and one of his favorite rounds is a blend of holy water, silver shavings, and garlic. Uh, so yeah, Hellboy. He knows how to put the hurting on. Uh, all sorts of demons, monsters, what have you. It's a solid first choice, buddy. Uh, he's got everything you want. And, and, and... This is me waxing philosophic a little bit, but as I was putting this list together, I found most of my people fit into one of two categories. I call them Ahabs or survivors. Uh, You've got the the, the survivors who are people who, through chance, have somehow encountered this monster or this beast or whatever and have to rise to the situation to overcome it. And then you have the Ahabs, which are similar to the first type, but they go back for more. Uh, they then are changed by that experience and decide, nope, this is what I'm going to do now. And they, they start chasing that whale uh, and they make it their life's work to pursue this monster or beast or species or whatever. Uh, and and everyone kind of falls into one of those two categories. And, and Hellboy is a great sort of, um, he's technically called to it, but not by choice, which puts him in a weird category. He's sort of like a chosen one category, which I'll get to with another choice on my list. But uh Great first, great first choice, man. He's he's got everything. He's got the cool weapons. Uh, he's full of one-liners because he's he's Hellboy. Uh, he's he's got the whole BPRD backing him up, which is just fun to play with. Anytime you have a cool government secret government organization that hunts monsters, you're gonna get my money. Um, I do want to throw out though one of my favorite moments from the movie is when his boss and I can never remember that agent's name, uh, the bald guy. Um. Where they they just barely survived, 
in the catacombs and Hellboy goes to light up his cigar and pulls out a Zippo. And the guy goes, what are you doing? You got to use wooden matches. Preserves the flavor. Just, I like that moment. It's kind of fun. Fun moment. All righty. They bond. Yes, they do. Over cigars. Oh, cigars. All right, then. Um... I'm going to jump in with my first one because this is going to take us into some uncharted territory here. Um, my first choice and the first one that popped into my head, I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. I might be the only one who knows this character, and that's fine. So I did a little more uh, um, backstory for the character. From the manga, which is a Japanese comic book, and anime series which hopefully you've only watched the original and you've skipped all the newer stuff because it's all very increasingly terrible. I am talking about the Hundred Man Slayer, the Black Swordsman from Berserk, our main uh, antag- or main protagonist, our hero, Guts. Yes, his name is Guts. I think it's Gatsu, if it's the translated version. Um was raised on the battlefield, became a mercenary, joined a group called the Band of the Hawk. Um, to make this very brief and succinct, because it's complicated and gets confusing, uh, he survived being offered as a sacrifice to a group of demons called the God Hand. Because of that, he has been cursed with the brand of the sacrifice. The brand of this. I can't talk. The brand of sacrifice. There we go. Third time's the charm. Uh, which is literally a brand on the back of his neck that every night will start to bleed and will draw evil to him no matter where he is. He spends his remaining days hunting lesser demons to track down the God Hand, specifically the one known as Griffith, uh, for reasons I won't get into for this show because we could spend the whole show on this. Um, he is literally a man who was offered up as a sacrifice to demons through sheer badassery and will of human spirits, survived the ordeal and has now flipped the script as the kids on TikTok like to say, and spends his remaining days hunting down the demons that tried to take him. If that hasn't won you over Jay strap in buddy. Cause the Samaritan is cool. Don't get me wrong. The Samaritan's badass, but let me tell you about my boy guts is arsenal. Okay. Primarily he uses his sword which is named the Dragon Slayer. Why is it called the Dragon Slayer, Jay? I'm glad you asked, Jay. Let <laughs> me explain. It's seven feet long, two and a half feet wide, made from, quote, ultimate steel. Don't ask me what that is. It is literally bigger than he is. He straps it to his back. It is a giant slab of sharpened metal, but he wields it with the grace and finesse of Errol goddamn Flynn. It's explained in the, in the books that, you know, from a young age, he was taught to use a, a grown-up sword when he was a kid, so he's used. he grew up being trained with oversized big swords. So as he got bigger, his swords got bigger. Uh, this thing can literally cleave a horse in half with one swing and has on multiple occasions. It can go directly through plate armor. It really needs sharpening. It can be used as a blunt instrument to shield guts from incoming attacks. It's badass. Uh, and when used in conjunction with the Berserker armor, uh, it is pretty much can slice through anything. What's the Berserker armor? I'm glad you asked, Jay. Let me explain. 
<laughs> it is a mythical suit of armor uh, that, long story short, Guts comes into possession of. It allows him to ignore the physical limitations of the human body, making him superhuman in strength and pretty much uh, unlimited stamina while wearing the armor. If that wasn't enough, and granted, the armor's got some drawbacks, so he doesn't always use it. He lost his arm during the initial offering up to the demons, but that's okay, because it's a comic book. So taking a page out of the uh, Army of Darkness playbook, he had a uh, 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 blacksmith craft himself a mechanical arm. Um, the mechanical arm itself is cool because, again, it's a mechanical arm and he can like block swords with it and punch people with it really hard. Uh, he can attach to that mechanical arm a repeating crossbow. Uh, this is a real thing. Uh, I mean, it exists in history. We've, we've adapted it for the, the anime. It mounts onto his, his arm. It has a drop load magazine and it can fire as fast as he can pull and release. He has a uh, bunch of throwing knives on a bandolier. There's a whole story behind how he got them. We won't get into that. Uh, when slaying demons, he mostly uses it for vital areas like tendons and eyeballs. He's got a utility dagger. Um, and I know what you're saying right now is, well, John, that's pretty cool, but that doesn't really you know, blow my skirt up any. Well, let me tell you. Concealed, Jay. Concealed. And that mechanical arm is a fucking cannon. The arm drops down, and there, mounted to what's left of his arm, is a cannon that he can fire by pulling a, uh, he's got a pull string he yanks with his teeth. Uh, on multiple occasions, demons have grabbed him and, and thought, oh, I got you now, you can't do anything, ha-ha, and he pulls that string, and the hand drops down, and boom, cannon blast. Well, that just seems unnecessary. What? From you? <laughs> I need you to Google Berserk Arm Cannon right now. <laughs> no, uh, this series is one I was introduced to in college, and I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. It's it's just it's set in like medieval Europe, but it's done in that Japanese manga anime style. So the action is over the top. Uh, this is I will say beware. This is one of those things where if you're tracking it down, um, make sure your safe search is on or if you're buying the books or whatever. Uh, this, this is not for kids. This is not remotely for children. Uh, they are 18 and up. They are published or were published. Uh, the, the author and creator of the series passed away last year uh, or two years ago. Um, the, the, the magazine they were published in was uh, an adult 18 plus magazine because that is the kind of content we're talking here. Lots of gore and nudity and sex and just fucked up stuff. Uh, but in the best way possible. I mean that as a compliment. Uh, Berserk is an amazing series. Uh, if, if you've watched The Witcher and like, oh, this is cool, but you want to see The Witcher cranked to 11 and a half, check out Berserk. Um, as far as one-liners go, uh, Guts is not really one for talking, so I got nothing on that. Sorry. I promise the rest of these all have fun one-liners, but Guts is a man in a few words. Um, but there, there you go. It's my first choice. Guts from Berserk. Solid choice. I know we've discussed him before on the show. You and I have anyway. So I love the guy. Alrighty. Uh, Koi, anything you want to jump in on or should you just keep trucking along? Well, I mean, so when it comes to monster hunters and stuff, first of all, I, I did get kind of thrown into this pretty quick. So I had yes, to... he did. He did. 
uh, I, I had to to, to kind of figure out where I would want to go because I, I can mention a lot of different things that are, are extremely popular. Everybody knows that, but uh, you know, I, I had to ask myself, you know, really what what uh, what do I think of when I think of monster hunters? And most of my monster hunters don't don't come from anything uh, uh, along the lines of of Hellboy or uh, uh, yeah, in intestine. Uh, <laughs> um, but. I don't know. It seems like I tend to I tend to like uh, people characters who who go after monsters who are still a, who are a bit themselves in the mundane. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're like characters of of humble origins thrown into this world of of monsters and demons and what have you, and 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 and, and basically it's kind of by the uh, their own personal knowledge and skin of their teeth that they're able to muddle through and everything. And and one of my favorite ones, and it's it's somebody, it's a character that I think needs to be rebooted. Okay. And it kind of has been rebooted in other forms, but not strictly as this property, you know? The, the, the character has inspired other properties. Gotcha. But this property hasn't, hasn't been seen for a while. Uh, and, and I'm not sure how it would, would, uh, uh, would, would do, but uh, has anyone of, of you all ever seen uh, the Night Stalker? Kolchak? Kolchak. Darren McGavin, which, in my opinion, is what he got the major award for in the first place. But <laughs> now I love the Night Stalker. You know, you you got you got this this kind of grizzled veteran newspaper reporter that follows these leads of uh, uh, unsubstantiated, almost X Files, if you will. Uh, but, uh, and no one believes him, of course he, he believes it and he gets thrown up against, uh, he, uh, vampires and, and things. It only went for one season. It was actually optioned by, uh, I, I forget the guy who, uh, who actually did the, the, the show, but it was, it was, it was an option of an unpublished knowledge novel called the, uh, the Kolchak papers, um, uh, and it went. Uh, they they had a, they did the Night Stalker, which was a film in 1972. It first aired, uh, and and then they tried to do a series. Uh, I think uh, later the Night Strangler, but that only went one season. So it it, it it wasn't like majorly popular. It's one of those cult things that that happens at the time. Um, but just reading through some of the stuff it it actually it was the inspiration for uh, the x-files and and molder um there was something it was uh where did i read that hang on it was i just read it here but it was robert zemeckis's first writing credit oh uh was on uh i had it here just a second ago and i lost it i lost it um, but I, I would assume it's on the uh, the series when the, when they did the one season of the series, uh, and, and such. Yeah. In addition, the series provided the first professional writing credit writing credit for Robert Zemeckis and his writing partner Bob Gale. So it was the first writing credit of, of the Bobs. That's awesome. So, 
Yeah, uh, who wrote the script? Let's see here. David Chase, creator of The Sopranos, also worked on the series as a story editor. So, I mean, you got a lot of stuff out there that that owes owes its existence, at least in part, to to Kolchak, the Night Stalker, and and it, we would be remiss in 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 talking about um, uh, uh, monster hunters and and people who investigate the bizarre and the supernatural without. Uh, Bringing in Carl Kolchak. Solid pick. Uh, that was attempted to re, uh, they attempted a reboot, and I looked it up real quick. Uh, Two thousand five, they really? tried to reboot it. Yeah. If you've never heard of it, that's probably an indication. <laughs> <laughs> well, it needs it needs a new fresh treatment. Yeah, and that was uh, like you said, he's much more of a mystery type thing than he is like a man of action but that is it is a really cool premise and i could definitely see that being done again yeah but i i think when it comes to this type of genre of character i i lean toward the the investigator the the, the detective more than the you know like you said man of action which is partly why i never never could get into uh um the Von Helsing movie with uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, let's just not talk about that. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I couldn't get into yeah. that. Let's not talk about that. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, for for winging on the fly, good first pick. Jay, what you got for us, buddy? You know, Hellboy is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, guts is well interesting, and and you know, it's 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 interesting that he doesn't have a hand, but did he cut off his own hand to try to defeat the evil? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I think I know where you're going, and continue, please. Well, I was just going to say, that's right. Hail to the king, baby. Ash. He's he's kind of only good at killing one type of monster. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's deadites. Uh, but I'm willing to bet if you gave him... If you gave him a wooden stake and pointed him to some vampires, he'd figure it out. Or if you put some silver bullets in his boomstick... And sent him a hunting some werewolves. He'd figure it out because Ash is a badass, and uh, I think he was sort of thrust into this position. <laughs> he would laugh. He'd laugh at that. Anyway, <clears throat> so as I said, Ash uh, from the Evil Dead series carries his signature boomstick, which is a sawed-off double-barrel shotgun. Um, he. has that he rigged up himself with a special nifty little harness that he can pull start his chainsaw um i also included blind luck as one of his things because (laughs) this guy gets lucky as shit sometimes uh and he's definitely got one-liners on lock the guy is just he's chock full of witty banter um Especially, I think of his speech in Army of Darkness. 
when he says, this is my boomstick. And uh, also when uh, he's burying evil Ash and says, hey, you got something on your face. <laughs> so Ash, Ash versus the evil dead. And Ash is interesting because so I talked to the a bit about like the, the Ahab versus survivor thing. And Ash kind of falls into both of those, depending on where you start, because he he falls into it. Uh, you know, he's not he's not out looking for the evil dead or anything. He he stumbles across it, but from that point on, he's he can't get away from it. Um, he doesn't necessarily choose to go back and hunt it again and again. It just keeps finding him. So he's he's another interesting uh, kind of falls on both sides of that spectrum. Yeah, he and. But I think what makes him great is like he's your everyman. You know what I mean? Like he's a normal Joe who just kind of goes off the rails a little bit and does what he needs to to survive. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, oh, hey, I'm. Um, even though he keeps trying to dodge it as much as possible. And like I, th- I know I saw. I can't remember if I saw the first season or the first two seasons of Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um, but I haven't made it. I didn't finish the series. Uh, but he's like in that first season, it seems like he's always constantly trying to dodge it, but he's always prepared for it. You know what I mean? He is by that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's it, it's interesting again, to watch the evolution of the character, even from evil dead one to evil dead two, the, the character goes through some big changes like, like the whole movie franchise does. But uh, I think it's Army of Darkness that really solidified Ash as we know him today with the just he has endless charisma for no apparent reason. Um, he just he's always super confident. He's going to just be triumphant and badass his way out of whatever situation he is, even though <laughs> it rarely works out the way he thinks it is. Um, but he just has that endless. I wouldn't call it charisma. Just machismo is maybe a better word. Um, Plato. Verata. <laughs> I said it. I said the words. Fine. Maybe I didn't say every single tiny little syllable. Sorry, I said. <laughs> and come on, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk Ash one-liners, uh, Jay. His philosophy on life: good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. <laughs> I love that part. You're a little goody two shoes, little goody two shoes. Good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Ah, yes. So remember, shop smart, shop s smart. Uh, and even even evil Ash has some some good stuff. Uh, but I like when he's trying to tell his troops to sally forth. To what, Jay? Sally forth. Sally forth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a fun character, man. And if you if you haven't finished season uh, the the third season of Ash versus Evil Dead, definitely give it a watch. It's fun. The ending alone is pretty cool. Good old Ash. All right, Uh, I'm gonna pivot again, and I again went kind of obscure with this one. Um, it's a movie from 2013 that I love and everyone who I've made watch it ends up loving, but I have to make people watch it because 
Um, despite the fact that it made over $200 million, we still haven't gotten a sequel. Uh, this is one of those movies where, and it's a great follow-up to, to Evil Dead because it is very much in that Evil Dead 2 category of, you know, tongue-in-cheek. We know this is ridiculous, but we're going to have fun with it kind of premise. We're all familiar with the tale of Hansel and Gretel. We're collecting firewood in the forest and find a house made of candy and go inside and find there's a witch inside who's trying to fatten them up so they can eat them, but they escape. And then the hardcore German version, they burn the witch in her own oven. We, we all know that gem, right? That chestnut, right? Everyone's heard that? You know, the whole don't take candy from strangers thing comes from that. Okay, so in 2013, we asked the question, or I answered the question, okay, what happened then? And <laughs> this movie's answer was, oh, well, obviously they grew up and became witch hunters. So I'm talking about the film Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, which I fucking love. And if you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? No, it's okay. I understand it. It was kind of obscure. It did really well, but again, it was very obscure, and a lot of people couldn't get past the title. Uh, it starred Gemma Arterton as uh, Gretel and my boy Jeremy Renner as Hansel. Fifteen years after surviving the events of the fairy tale, uh, they have grown up to become skilled witch hunters and bounty hunters. Um, the story also has Famke Jensen as the lead bad guy witch. It's a great, super fun movie. Lots of awesome practical effects. Tons of great gore. And is is important for this list because I'm trying to appeal to Jay. These two have quite the arsenal. Uh, and this will bug Scott because all other weapons are very anachronistic for the time period. Mm. But <laughs> shut up. It's cool. So everything I'm about to read off, as soon as you go, uh, just remember, shut up. It's cool. So we start with the automatic crossbow. Wielded by Gretel, uh, which has it's an over under crossbow because that's the thing that exists. Uh, and the over under sections can split apart so you can fire in different directions at the same time. Shut up, it's cool. We have a collapsible repeating rifle, which I think is the only thing that they actually made for real. <laughs> we have a hand cranked taser. <laughs> Shut up, it's cool. <laughs> we have the turret pistol. The pump-action shotgun that has an extendable uh, um, bayonet barrel. <clears throat> Jay, we yeah. have the automatic Gatling gun. <clears throat> and their biggest, uh, uh, biggest trump card in their arsenal, they have an immunity to witch's magic, which I won't explain if you haven't seen the movie. It's kind of a spoiler. Uh, but it's awesome. It is. This is a movie where the, this town's beset by witches. They hire Hansel and Gretel to come take care of it. A bigger mystery unfolds. Uh, it's got lots of, like I said, awesome practical makeup and really cool gore effects. There's a troll. There's witches. There's magic battles. There's a metric fuck ton of them just slaying witches. Um in lots of fantastical ways that I'm sure people had fun sitting around and thinking up, well, I would like to, there's one part where they're, they chase a bunch of witches off, but to make sure they don't scatter, they've literally hung like razor wire in the trees. So we see a witch take off on her room and then just like get sliced to ribbons on the razor wire. It's awesome. Um, it's just, again, it's super fun. It, check your brain at the door and have fun with this movie because it's having fun. Uh, but uh, as I promised, I have some legit good one-liners. <clears throat> we learned a couple of things that uh, when we were trapped that in that house. 
One, never walk into a house made of candy. And two, if you're going to kill a witch, set her ass on fire. We also have uh, one of my favorite one-liners from from Hansel. Uh, as they're walking through the woods tracking the witch and they find a, a run-down old house apparently made of candy. Hansel, whatever you do, don't eat the fucking candy. <laughs> and uh, from Gretel, we have the... I hate to break this to you, but this isn't going to be an open casket. Uh, lots of bravado, lots of fun. Um, plenty of other quotes I could use, but I don't want to spoil the story because I really want people to watch this movie. If you're sitting here and be like, I've never heard this movie, what the hell is Obi John talking about? Go look it up on IMDb, go find it streaming somewhere. This movie is an hour and 40 minutes of just solid fun. It's just, it's awesome. Um, I don't. <sighs> so, again, perfect example of the tongue in cheek nature of the movie. So their encounter when they're kids, right? When, when uh, um, Hansel was put in a cage and the witch kept feeding him candy to fatten him up, right? Yeah. Well, what happens when you're a kid and you eat way too much sugar? What happens to your body? You get diabetes. There's a part of the movie where Hansel has to stop and take an insulin shot because he has diabetes now. Jesus. Does it make sense for the time period? Fuck no. Is it hilarious? Yes. This movie is awesome. You guys should watch it. But that's my second pick for badass monster hunters, and specifically witch hunters, Hansel and Gretel. So what you're saying is, um, I should not watch this movie expecting a, you know, a, a, a history lesson on the period. No, 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 no. Scott, it is set in that magical time we know as ye olden days. <laughs> you know, nice. the olden times. The olden times. Before you know, cars and internet. Before the Newton times. Yesteryear. It also has, um, I'm trying to tell you guys, it also has Peter Stormare as the local town sheriff who's not too happy that they called in back up to hunt the witches. Yeah. He's fun. So there you go. My number two pick, Hansel and Gretel. Nice. Uh, Scott, we can solve for time if you need more. No, 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 I'm okay. good. Um, so there's a series that's out there, and if you've not watched it, you should watch it. It only went three seasons, but it's fun as hell. And it, once again, this is in the same vein of people who fight monsters and and do that. But either you know, they're they're mundane people. They're not they're not huge heroes. They're just thrust into a situation, uh, and uh, uh. There's a there's a series out there called Stand Against Evil. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, for some odd reason, it flies under a lot of people's radars. People don't either don't know about it, they forget it's there, or they've never heard of it. Jay, I'm assuming you've never heard of it. No. Yeah. Because yeah, so you should go watch this. So you have John C. McGinley, which is a beautiful, beautiful actor. Doctor Cox from Scrubs. If you don't Dr. know who that Cox is, Doctor Cox from Scrubs. Yes. So this is basically like, what if, okay, John C. McGinley in this is playing unofficially Dr. Cox's father. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. Um, he plays uh, a sheriff of a town called Willard's Mill. His name is Stan Miller. Uh, and at the beginning of the series, his wife dies. 
And because his wife is gone, he decides to retire from the job of sheriff. And then you you enter in this the, this new younger younger lady uh, who who gets the position of sheriff named Evie Barrett, and uh, and it's weird stuff starts happening in this town uh, immediately after. Actually, not even immediately after this, uh, Stan has to punch a witch in the face at his wife's funeral at the in the beginning of of, of the series, and you find out that uh, back in ye olden times. Thank you. <laughs> We're hustling uh, Gretel there. Uh, the sheriff of Willard's Mill, who is also with the town magistrate, basically, who is also uh, who the town was named after, uh, um, basically sentenced a large group of witches to be burned at the stake. And so all these witches were killed uh, in Willard's Mill uh, many, many years ago, and they cursed they cursed the town and the sheriff that that no sheriff would ever, you know, uh, retire from from office or whatever. That they would always every every sheriff would be killed uh, horribly. And um, uh, they get she get Evie gets to looking back through the town's history, and uh, Stan Miller is the only the only one to survive the job uh, and and leave. He was never killed. Uh, in fact, nothing bad ever happened to him. He doesn't know anything about witches or demons or monsters or anything. And I'm going to I'm going to do a spoiler alert here through the course of the series. You found out that his wife was a witch, but a good witch. And she was protecting him all these years. Ah. He was going around keeping all the, the weird stuff at bay. And now she's gone. So it's coming back. And and he and Evie kind of together have to start fighting it and stuff. He also has uh, a daughter who is played by a lovely actress because uh, I, I can't remember her name, but I've seen her in a couple of things and I love her everything she does. But uh, uh, his daughter, the character, is a complete moron. Um, like, at one point, she like brings a demon thing home as a pet. She doesn't realize it's a demon thing and it grows up and tries to kill Stan. Stan finally has to kill it. It's uh, but yeah, Stan versus evil. Watch it. Wonderful, wonderful series. Nice. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, I think it debuted in like IFC. So a lot of people missed it because that's a very random cable channel. Yeah. But Scott is right. It is infinitely entertaining. Um, I don't know if it's, uh, let's see if it's, if it's actually streaming anywhere right now. Because uh, that IFC thing's gone now, right? Isn't it? I don't know if Independent Film Channel is still around or not. I honestly don't know. I haven't had cable in years, so I got nothing on that one. It's, it's on Hulu. So there you go. Perfect. I wish it had gone nice. gone more, but it only went three seasons. I think only I saw the first few episodes, so I well, got a lot of catching up to do. Well, and, and each each season is only eight episodes, so you only have a a, a full one full season to watch. Nice. Stan Miller. <laughs> Good pick, buddy. Jay, believe we're back yeah. to you. All right. Now, this one's a little outside the box. Okay. But stick with me. You ready? Okay. Okay. Who's next on my list? Well, it's you, John. And it's me. And it's probably Scott Cox. And probably any male 
between the age of, I'll say, 33 and 49, who was alive in the 90s, because we weren't the monster hunter, but we were living vicariously through an unnamed Marine who was part of the Union Aerospace Corporation defeating demons and other hellspawn in the video game Doom. Jay? Yes? Can you hear this? That's me starting a slow clap for you, Jay. Because that is genius. Okay. Why is he a great monster hunter? Because it's you. You are hunting the monsters, living vicariously through this unnamed Marine. Does he say much? Not really. But he kind of goes by the mantra, speak softly and carry a big stick. And boy, does he carry some big sticks. So I kind of combined Doom and Doom 2 together for this list of weapons. But you have a chainsaw. My God, you get to go dispatch demons and monsters using a chainsaw. You have a pistol. You have a shotgun. In Doom 2, you get the super shotgun. A little slower to reload, but man, does it blow apart some demons. You get a chain gun or a minigun, whatever you want to call it. A rocket launcher. A plasma gun. And the BFG 9000. What does BFG stand for, John, you ask? I'm glad you asked. It stands for Big Fucking Gun. Because it's a big fucking gun. And it kills with... So, you're not going to find much better arsenal than what you get in Doom. Uh, You're not going to find hours upon hours of monster hunting, murder, demon slaying than playing Doom. And man, was it a riot. You know what's really amazing about that arsenal, Jay? Huh? Is that you can carry the entire arsenal on your person (laughs) all at the same time. Yes. With no restrictions to movement. Yes. That makes it even better. That's the true superpower of Doom Guy. (laughs) What's even better is the pistol and the minigun use the same ammo. Bullets. That's that's literally the ammo. Don't question it. Just go with it. (laughs) Hey, you found some bullets. Good. I can pull the minigun back out. (laughs) All right. All right, Jay. So, So you've got props for bringing up the Space Marine from Doom, Doom 2. But can you earn the extra credit telling me the cheat codes for Doom 2? Ah, no. No. Up, up, down, down, left, Uh, right. It was not the Konami code. Okay. No, 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 no. So if you opened up a chat window in Doom 2 and you typed in uh, IDKFA, that would give you all the weapons. If you typed in ID clip CLIP, that would allow you to clip through walls. You were no longer inhibited by the barriers. You could just walk wherever you wanted to. And if you typed in IDDQD, you went to God mode. You can no longer be hurt. 
Wonderful time. Well, just give me the BFG 9000 and we'll have a good old time. IBKFA. <laughs> All Important safety tips, Scott. Thank you. So anyway, Doom Guy. Yeah. No, dude. Unnamed Marine. You get to go hunt the demons. It's, it's you, man. Choice. It's you. Solid choice, man. Seriously, that is that is inspired, inspired choice. Looking for it's you. I'm like, what? What is he? Where is he? Where is he going with this? I thought he was going with the guys, but that's just me. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking to monster hunters, right? And there's one name in monster hunting that is synonymous with monster hunting, even though he's really not a monster hunter. He's become that way through popular media. And we tried to, to make him that man of action in that abomination of a movie Scott brought up earlier. I'm talking about Dr. Abraham Van Helsing. Uh, so yeah, Abraham, not Gabriel Van Helsing from that shitty ass movie from the 2000s. You can go F yourself. I hate that movie. I hate that movie. Anyway, I'm talking yeah, about yeah, but he's proper. got a repeating crossbow. Yeah, you know what? You know who else does? Gretel, and she's cooler because hers can fire in different directions at one time. So suck that, Hugh Jackman. Uh, no, Van Helsing, and I'm talking about what has to be the definitive greatest Van Helsing ever put on cinema. And I'll probably get some pushback for some of this, but I don't think so. 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula, played by Anthony Goddamn Hopkins. The best Van Helsing ever. Sure, you've seen Van Helsing have lots of lines of dialogue and, and wax poetic and, and give exposition and stake vampires. But have you seen it done by Anthony Hopkins with a weird, like, vaguely European accent? Yeah, yeah. After every other line? No. No, you haven't. Till this movie. I love even, him in this movie. <laughs> even above and beyond Peter Cushing? Look, man, I have I have gone back and started watching all the Hammer films, and I will give Peter Cushing his due, but I'm sorry, man. Anthony Hopkins is better, and here's why. Every word out of Anthony Hopkins' mouth is gold. Uh, again, he doesn't do much as far as man of action stuff. We have other characters who carry that weight. He does do some cool stuff. He, he does have a bit of an arsenal. He's got his steaks. He's got his mallet. He's got his garlic. Uh, he's got his torch at one point. I think he uses a sword at one point. I might not. I meant to watch the movie again, and I forgot to. Um, but he's a doctor of rare diseases, called in to help when Lucy gets this rare, quote, blood illness, and he diagnoses it as vampirism, because that's a thing you do in ye olden times. Um, so he, he then leads the charge uh, in, in informing our, our band of heroes about vampirism and Nosferatu the undead all that he leads the charge to take down Dracula even though he doesn't deliver the killing blow um, which to a young kid was disappointing but I understand that they were trying to be true to the novel um, but everything he says is is because it, first of all it's Anthony Hopkins so it's done really well to see Anthony Hopkins act with um, and I'm pulling a Scott and blanking on someone's name um keanu reeves no although he does have scenes with keanu reeves uh gary, gary oldman 
Gary Oldman plays Dracula in this movie, and to see them go back and forth is amazing. Um, but we get such amazing one-liners, and and you can tell these are written uh, one way, and Anthony Hopkins elevates them with his delivery. <laughs> so we get stuff like, we may yet save her soul, but not on an empty stomach. <laughs> we get things... <laughs> <laughs> we get the, uh when they finally do spoiler when they finally do take care of lucy and her her husband uh or i guess widow is in was she in pain doctor was she in pain yeah she was in great pain but then we cut off her head and drove a stick through her heart and burned it and now she found peace <laughs> gotta love it, yes. gotta love it. you're not gonna defile the corpse right that's no 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 we're just going to stuff her mouth with garlic and cut off her head <laughs> it's just like I remember watching it as a kid and being like, why is Anthony Hopkins so weird in this movie? And then as I grew up and watched it again, I'm like, Anthony Hopkins is awesome in this movie. He is chewing scenery. He is having a great time with it. If you haven't seen this version or haven't seen it for a while, give it another look. It is uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Got a great cast in spite of Keanu Reeves trying to do a European accent, uh, a British accent. Uh, it's a great movie. Got some really cool, again, practical effects. It, it's a throwback to old school film techniques um, that existed at the turn of the century. Really fun movie. Really cool interpretation of Dracula. It goes a little more into his, like, Dracula's origins because uh, they couldn't help themselves. But as soon as Anthony Hopkins shows up, man, it's just, just buckle your seatbelt. We're off. Um, so I had to have a Van Helsing on this list and I wasn't going to do Hugh Jackman. So I was like, no, we're doing the best one ever. Anthony Hopkins, Van Helsing. Even, even though we love, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, didn't, didn't Coppola himself come back later and say, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. So when they were casting the part, according to him, they wanted someone who was a young, like heartthrob kind of talent. Cause they wanted to, to, they were pitching it kind of as a little bit of a love story, even though it was going to be a hard R horror movie. Uh, but they wanted to bring the female audience. So for whatever reason, they settled on 1991 era Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. as their um, heartthrob. Isn't yes, there, a, isn't there a scene in that movie where, Dracula turns into a werewolf and is making whoopee with a woman on like an altar. Hardcore from behind. Yep. Yeah, that that's when he infects uh, uh, Mina's friend, and I can't remember her name. Lucy. Lucy. Thank you. That that's when he that's when he takes Lucy. Yeah. He sure does take her. Anyway. <clears throat> hey, that's it's also do anything. It also. Uh, leads to one of my favorite bits of trivia, which is that Keanu Reeves and um, Winona Ryder are technically married. There's a scene in the movie where their characters get married and they wanted to have it be as authentic as possible. So they got an actual, uh, I think, Romanian Catholic uh, priest to come in to perform the ceremony to make it as accurate as possible with the correct accent and speaking Latin and all that kind of stuff. Um but no one told the actors that. So in the eyes of the Roman Catholic Church, a Romanian Catholic Church, they're married. <laughs> but, but don't they still, they keep that go- joke going today. They too. do, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you can Google some fun uh, YouTube, some fun clips where people ask them about uh, their husband and or wife, and they, they joke about that still. Yeah, no, again, Keanu Reeves is horribly miscast, but the rest of the cast is amazing around him. Um, it's just a really, really, it, it's, it, again, it's 
there are so many versions of Dracula out there to watch, and I think this well, one has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. Well, I mean, even even this movie, you know, we could do just a whole deep dive just on this movie alone because of all the subtleties that you don't, you know, the, the fact that Dracula's shadow pretty much moves independently of him throughout most of the movie. I think there's some some scenes where it doesn't like when he's with other people or something. Um, just just little nods and touches all throughout that movie that make this just a wonderful movie. Good choice, John. Thank you. Anthony Hopkins Van Helsing. He is a character. <laughs> Steals the movie, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Toss up between him and Gary Oldman as Dracula. They're great to watch play together, seriously. I want to live in the universe where we did a whole series of you know, like uh, uh, 90s remakes of Dracula and Van Helsing with just those two playing Dracula and Van Helsing. Yeah. Like uh, Peter Cushing and uh, Christopher Lee did with the Hammer Horror movies. Yeah. Uh, Scott, I think we're on you. I really only have one more that I'd like to talk about. Okay. It's really on my list of, of monster hunters that I love. I mean, there's all kinds of modern monster hunters out there. There's been plenty I can talk about, but just just on my, my list of ones I really like, uh, as far as characters are concerned, is uh, it was it was from a, a, a little-known series. Uh, not many people watched it. Uh, it was canceled after 15 seasons. It's uh, <laughs> a brisk 15 seasons. Yeah, yeah. You, you can shoot through it in a month and a half if you do nothing else. <laughs> And uh, and I know you I know you know the series I'm talking about and what everybody's thinking, but you're it's not those characters. The the, the television show Supernatural, I love Bobby Singer. Uh, beautiful character. One of played by a great character actor. Uh, once again, the the origins of the simple humble man who's who's thrown into this life because you know he has a fight with his wife about kids and then she becomes possessed by a demon and he is forced to kill her himself and if that's just not a tragic beginning to a to a a tragic anti-hero i don't know what is you know um i mean he he became uh he became a father figure to like a whole group of hunters to the point that he maintains a support base for like, well, we don't actually get to find out how many total hunters he's supporting. Uh, one of my favorite scenes with Bobby is when, uh, uh, when, when they're at his house and, uh, he, uh, he's, he's got like a, a bank of phones on the wall and they're all labeled with different, different numbers and names and and everything. And basically whichever phone rings is whatever persona he picks up. Usually it's uh, FBI or there's a, I think he's got a, some state, state, uh, uh, state police uh, personas in there and stuff. So when hunters are out in the field and they, they're, they're having some pushback from local authority, they'll give them their credentials. And of course, somebody will invariably want to check them out. So the card has Bobby's number on it. Bobby picks up. Bobby pretends to be whatever field office and, and vets them. And uh, there's a scene where Bobby's on his cell phone and he's talking to a hunter. You don't know who. 
and the hunter he's like yeah yeah no no sounds like what you got there is just your average every old run-of-the-mill crazy person yeah yeah probably just go ahead and, yeah yeah give the fbi a call let the fbi take care of this one yeah you're good he hangs up his phone not 10 seconds later one of his wall phones rings he reaches up he goes fbi agent daniels how can i help you no not me you idiot the real fbi <laughs> <laughs> How are you still alive? <laughs> I love Bobby. He, Bobby, he's he's full of one-liners uh, all over the place. He, he's, he has two catchphrases. One, he calls people idiots. Um, two, he, he he likes to say balls when he when he means well shit. Uh, I don't know exactly where that came from, but I love it. Um, and yeah, he's got. He knows he has forgotten more about demon lore and and uh, uh, monster fighting and magic and than than any of the other characters uh, combined in the series knows. So, uh, and uh, he has a great character arc all the way through the series. Uh, eventually, he does leave the series. No spoilers. I'm not giving you any spoilers, um, but he does have a a, a, a wonderful wonderful character art and stuff so some of us are trying to watch the seasons and we just started season six but man that part in season 13 where you find out he built the giant mech in his backyard so he can fight kaiju such a great episode see i oh shit sorry jay sorry 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 see i was gonna mention i was gonna try not to mention season seven you know when bobby gets possessed and is the main villain throughout season seven oh no Mm, you ruined that one now but at least we can agree not (laughs) to spoil the one where bobby ends up cryogenically frozen for 57 years and wakes up on a space station and has to fight xenomorphs while saving his cat Right, we're not going to talk about that one. Oh crap! I just did. Jonesy, <laughs> staying here this time, you idiot. Uh, yeah, I love Bobby. Bobby's yeah, nice. Bobby's awesome, dude. Bobby is great. I mean, I know the show is about Sam and Dean and everything, but I, I, I live for the Bobby episodes. He's just he is. He's a character that definitely started out of necessity we needed a mentor type character for the boys so bobby fit that bill but over the years just the the fan reaction and and um jim beaver's performance uh as the character just like he he grows with every season uh he's very layered he's not a guy who talks about himself a lot so when you do learn stuff about his backstory it's big and every time he's in an episode it, it the episode is better for it so. I can't. I can't remember what season it is. Jay, have you have you, uh, have you seen the episode where we, the episode that takes place in Bobby's hometown for the first time? Uh with the dead rising when death walks through and his wife is a zombie. Yes. And and, and the fact that you find out he's the town kook. Yes, that he's, he's the town the, drunk. He's the town drunk because nobody in the town knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, great Bobby episode. Yeah. <laughs> What's that smell? Soap? Did you clean? Uh, <laughs> um, Scott, I'm glad that you brought up Bobby Singer. Because I was saving what I thought was my best for last. Which is the Winchester <laughs> Brothers. Oh. No. 
It's it's the Winchester brothers. That's my last one. Um, Sam and Dean Winchester, third generation demon hunters without knowing they were actually, well, not demon, but just hunters. Mm-hmm. Without knowing they were third de- generation hunters. Uh, learned everything, almost everything they know from their father, John Winchester. Uh, you find out, and like I said, I just started season six, so I'm not all the way. I'm only a third of the way through the entire series. Um, yeah, it hung in there. But you find out that, you know, their mother Mary was a hunter and came from a family of hunters. So Sam and Dean are just sort of thrust into this life. Well, because their mother's killed by a demon. And so you spend a large chunk following them, trying to exact revenge on the demon that killed their mother. And then it just sort of unfolds into a bigger mess. Uh, But when it comes to hunting monsters, they do that a lot. You know, ghosts. um, Oh, I can't think of it now. Oh, man. The Wendigo. Yeah, the Wendigo. That's it. The Wendigo. They gin mm-hmm. which are genies they, they kill a whole lot of gin yeah mm-hmm. tricksters <laughs> they do dean definitely <laughs> kills a lot of gin um the trickster who you find out other things about uh all sorts of things um but what i like most is their arsenal of course because they have a wonderful 1967 impala with the name baby which apparently I'm going to find out more about Mm -hmm. that. It's its own character or something like that. Uh, But in the trunk is an entire arsenal of pistols, shotgun, wooden shotguns, wooden stakes, salt, holy water, just all sorts of stuff. But some of my favorite things that they have would be the legendary Colt who was made by Samuel Colt himself. And it only had, was it 13 bullets? Originally. Originally 13 bullets. And then uh, with the help of a demon, they figured out how to make it work again and make their own bullets because they never seemed to run out of them. Uh, Then, of course, they get the demon-killing knife. Uh, Let's see what else. They have tattoos on them to get to stop them from being possessed because sam gets possessed in one episode dead man's blood uh and then they let's see what else they have um i can't what is the word i'm looking for cast yell uh inscribes on their ribs so that they can't be tracked by demons or angels. Um, oh, I can't think of the word. The language. Help me out, Scott. What's the language? Huh? Enochian. That's it. So he inscribes on their ribs. Actually on their ribs. Um, they have so many fake IDs and fake personas. And every time that they say they're agent so-and-so and agent so-and-so, I try my best to track the reference. You know what I mean? Yeah, figure uh, out. Yeah. yeah. 
a lot of times it's bands or bands from names. the 70s and 80s yep uh but one of the one of my favorite ones that was just on it was agent dorfman and mm. agent oh Intel. no it was uh yep. the the drill sergeant from oh um uh Edermeyer. yes that's it it was Dorfman. He said agents Dorfman and Niedermeyer. And I just kind of went, I know that. So sometimes the references hit me right in the face. Sometimes I have to try to figure out what they're referencing. Uh, but I love it. I love kind of the tongue in cheek episodes where um, I can't think of the actress's name from The Exorcist. Uh, Linda, Linda Carter? Not Linda Carter. The um, Blair. Thank you. Linda Blair. Linda Blair plays a sheriff or no, she's just a detective. And at the end of it, Dean says, did she look familiar to you? Kind of have a hankering for pea soup. Uh, or where they're on set because there's been ghosts murdering people on the set of a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> they make a Gilmore Girls reference. Mm-hmm. And uh I can never remember who plays who, but Sam, is that Jensen Ackles? Yeah. You know, he he kind of has a look and then he's like, we got to get off of this tour. <laughs> um, or the, the one, most the recently. What? Are you serious? Like, he's, he's like, come on, Dave. Oh, come on, Sam. We're going to see where they shot Gilmore Girls. <laughs> uh, or another one that I really liked was the House of Wax episode where... <laughs> Where Dean says, I've never seen House of Wax, and Sam kind of turns and gives him a weird look because he's in it. <laughs> uh, and, and Paris Hilton, too, was mm-hmm. in that movie. She's in that episode. But anyway, when when the topic was, who are the most badass monster hunters? I'm sorry, I've been binging Supernatural, and to me, Sam and Dean are some of the most badass monster hunters out there. They absolutely should be on this list, Jay. And I 100% counted on you putting them on your list. So (laughs) So, let's see if Jay can get his bonus points for for this topic. He missed the bonus points for for, for Doom. Let's see if he can get the bonus points for this one. Okay. And I I need the bonus points because I got one taken away for... um, You did. You did. When When it comes to the cult. What kind of cult is it? Ooh, ooh, I know this one. Is it a is it a navy cult? No, not a navy. No, it's an army. It's an army cult. It's not an army. Damn it. It, it! I will give you a hint. It was the first revolving cylinder patented by Samuel Colt. Ooh, ooh, Scott, first Scott. one he named. Scott, Scott, Mister Commander Scott, my hands up. Scott, Scott, my hands up. Call me, call me. I, I I don't know. Okay, go to the gentleman in the back who's about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> is it a Colt Patterson? It is a Colt Patterson. Is it a Colt Patterson conversion? Uh, it is not a conversion because it is a uh, uh, it's a uh, ooh yes, it is a Colt Patterson conversion because because they Thank do you. they do breach mm-hmm. uh, weapons, don't they? With uh, a drop-down trigger? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so all Colt Pattersons had the drop-down trigger. Uh, 
they did not have a trigger guard, uh, and they were called Colt Patterson's because his original factory was in Patterson, New Jersey. It was originally made in 1836. Well, I have I'm a sorry. terrible replica on my shelf. Yeah. I am incredibly sorry that I did not get the bonus points. Um, I've actually gotten to hold a real one. Shut up. Yeah, uh, I was at the. Uh, well, so quick, quick side note that does have a nerd alert reference, uh, 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 tie into it a little bit. Okay. Uh, has a nerdy fact in it. Uh, had a good friend who worked at a, a local gun store uh, here in Lexington uh, who specializes, well, they're called Antique and Modern. And uh, uh, walked in once to say hi to him. He was like, hey, we've got a couple of interesting things you want to take a look at. Him? I'm like, sure. So he brings me out, brings me out a, a Colt Patterson. I'm like, oh, is this a Patterson? He's like, yeah. And he's like, uh, bought it in the state auction. And up until the point where it was bought at the estate auction and shipped to us, it had never left Patterson, New Jersey. Wow. Um, and so it was beautiful. Oh, it was it was wonderful condition. It had been kept up. It had been kept oiled. I really wanted to pull that trigger and drop that trigger, pull that hammer back and drop that trigger down just so I can see it. But I didn't because if it broke, I couldn't afford it. Uh, <laughs> not that I think it would break, but I didn't want to take a chance. So, yeah, a, a, a lovely, lovely little weapon. Um, but, 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 could but, but. it kill it could not. It was not. It was not one of those. It was not nearly as fancy as the one you see in the show. Uh, it was just the standard uh, Colt Patterson. The other thing that he brought out to show me was he he he, he brought out another gun. He put put that back and he brought out another one. I'm like, oh, it's a Webley because I like Webleys. I think they're they're a fun fun gun. You know, top break. Uh, I forget the exact caliber. I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, this is cool. He goes, yeah, I'm getting ready. He goes, I was, I was in the middle of packaging this up. and getting ready to, to ship it out to California. Uh, I'm like, oh, what are we shipping it to California for? He goes, oh, it's going to be in the new Indiana Jones movie. So I've held the Webley from the Crystal Skull. That sounds like, a, sounds like something you need to take some penicillin for, Scott. So. <laughs> 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 anyway, Sam and Dean Winchester, badass Solid. monster hunters. Great choice. They have, again, it would be an incomplete list without them on it. Not that I'm pretending that our list is complete in any way, but uh, they definitely are, are on that list. So nicely done, Jay. Uh, and Scott, way to, way to <laughs> lob that one in for Jason with Bobby Singer. Not a problem. Anytime. Love it. Now you um, need to round out the triumphant by putting oh, it in scale. I am not putting in Castiel. <clears throat> uh, boys, here's the problem. Right now, our list of badass monster hunters is a bit of a sausage fest. Uh-oh. And if we're talking about slayers, uh, gentlemen, this list would not be complete without the one I'm about to drop to you. Uh, so, John Colin Green, if you're listening, this one's for you. Into every generation, boys, is born a slayer. And thank goodness ours happened to be for a period of time. And then she died and then she came back and then she died again, and came back. It's a whole thing. Buffy Summers, a.k.a. Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the series. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I really thought you were going to say Samus. It's, uh, it's very self-descriptive. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I was not going to say Samus. Um, <laughs> from Metroid, you know, Samus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. No, I know. 
You know, Sam, so she she's got the armor. No, we're talking Buffy Summers, who doesn't need armor because she's that much of a badass. So the whole premise of this and Anna Levin is created by Joss Whedon. And the, the whole idea behind it was it was a film that wasn't so great that then turned into a series, which was infinitely better uh, and ran from like 96 to 2000 something. Um, it was like seven or eight seasons. It, went, it had a good long run. Joss Whedon as a writer, uh, you know, there's an old trope of, okay, the, the dumb-witted blonde walks down the, the back alley at night and gets attacked by a monster. Well, what if we took that in trope and flipped it on its head? And, and the monster jumps out to attack, and really the dumb blonde is a badass who was baiting the monster to attack her so she could kill it. And that is the birth of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, in universe, uh, Buffy Summers uh grew up in la and and every generation there are potential slayers uh only one is activated at a time and buffy was activated to kill some vampires in la um things didn't go well so she moved from la to sunnydale which happens to be as coincidence or fate would decide it the home of the Hellmouth, which is exactly what it sounds like it's a mouth to hell lots of creatures and demons and vampires and bad nasty things just pouring out in the little sunnydale california but luckily buffy and the scooby gang are there to stop it uh the scooby gang of course being uh, her watcher giles and my boy xander who has no skills or powers but he knows sarcasm <laughs> i always have a soft spot for xander uh willow who's the nerdy uh mousy girl in the first few seasons then becomes a badass witch um Great show. It was doing comic booky, quippy one-liner action stuff before it really took off in the 2000s. Um, <clears throat> Buffy herself doesn't have a whole huge arsenal. She mostly uses, you know, she's a vampire slayer, so lots of wooden stakes and, and crosses and whatnot. Um, that being said, she also she needs to uh, can bust out the crossbow. She's got quite an arsenal in the the school library. Uh, this was definitely a movie made pre-Columbine because in the school library, Giles has an arsenal. Yep, different time, kids. Uh, however, she does in later seasons get a pretty awesome weapon called the Slayer Scythe, or just the Scythe, which despite its name is not a scythe, it's an axe. It is a magically enchanted battle axe with a wooden stake on the pommel, Um uses it to kill lots of big nasties, uses it to do all kinds of magic stuff I won't get into. Um, however, what she lacks in an arsenal, she makes up for in superpowers. Uh, being the Slayer, she has super strength, enhanced speed, super reflexes. Um, she has a natural proficiency with weapons uh, and in combat training. She also has prophetic dreams. So she dreams stuff and sometimes it comes true and that gives her a heads up. Um, but of course... It's a Joss Whedon show. It's in the late 90s, early 2000s. So the one-liners come fast and loose. Um, few of the favorites I could pick through. Um, if the apocalypse comes, beep me. Because that is 90s as fuck. <laughs> See, kids, before cell phones, we had pagers, uh, known as beepers. And that's how you would get in touch with somebody if they were cool enough to have one or if they were a doctor. Uh, now they're just an obsolete technology. But... But but wait, how, why is it called a beeper? Because when you when you page someone, it beeps when it goes off. So oh, rather than oh. look at a pager, you let a beeper. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Got it. Um, we still have the world. I say we party. And from I believe season one's finale, I may be dead, but I'm still pretty. We all feel that way, Buffy. 
Uh, the show lasted a super long time. The, the lore got crazy. The characters went through lots of cool arcs and in, in evolution throughout the year. Uh, we added cast and took away cast. There was, you know, it spun off into an angel uh, who got us on show for five seasons, started on Buffy. Um, if you're a 90s kid, uh, this was your jam, uh, along with some Dunkaroos and a surge after school before you jump on America Online to chat with your friends. Uh, have I dated myself enough yet? Wow. Did you get it? I'm old. <laughs> so, uh, Buffy was a fun show. It still is a fun show. Despite some questionable 90s, early 2000s CGI stuff, a lot of it was practical makeup. Um, the fight choreography starts out a little iffy, but it gets much better. The show still holds up, though. The characters, the performances, the writing, it still holds up. It's still a fun show to watch nowadays. Um, and in an age where we, you know, shows like Supernatural last for 15 freaking seasons. Um, this was doing monsters and superpowers and prophecies and, and uh, superhero-y kind of stuff back in an age when that wasn't really cool in mainstream yet. Um, and Buffy is a character that whether you've seen the show or the movie at all, if I say Buffy, you know I'm talking about oh, the vampire slayer. It's, 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 just, it's become pop culture. Um, so this list would not be complete without her. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my final pick for Badass Monster Hunters. Good pick. Thank you. Woo. Grit, I hope I did your girl justice. I was always more of a faith guy, personally. That's a whole different episode. Any other people to toss out, or is that our list? Okay, I guess that's our list. My list is complete. Nice. Scott, any other random obscure stuff? Oh, I've always got all kinds of random obscure stuff. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Scott, any more random obscure choices for Monster Hunters to put on the list? So you have to be very specific when you talk to Scott. <laughs> oh, no. I would like to give an honorable mention to Vampire Hunter D, though. Ooh. Uh, Get some oh, anime. Well, I don't, I don't get into anime a lot, but when you've got a what they call a dampier, which is basically the half vampire. Wait. Yeah. Scott? You said wait. You said blade. Blade. You said dampier, and I said, yeah, like blade. Oh, like Which I, yeah. I'm surprised he did not make an appearance on this list. Clearly, we'll have to do a list at some point. Um, but not only is he that, but, you know, he has uh, a, a sentient left hand that is called left hand. It has, has a face on it, and it can, you know, eat stuff and heal him. And it's really, sounds, really weird because it's anime. Sounds awkward. Sounds, but, sounds... Yeah, if you've never seen uh, Vampire Hunter D, there's two of them. There's, there's, there's two anime. The first one's good. The second one's okay. It's not bad, but uh, they, they, it's one of those ones where they try to go bigger and badder and over the top, and it just it got away from what made the first one really good. And uh, uh, apparently, I just in, in doing some research for tonight's episode, apparently there's a number of novels that I didn't know about. So I'm gonna have to go back and, and go down that rabbit hole now soon. But listen, all I'm gonna say is I hope he's not left-handed. He is not. Good. He, is, uh, he, he wields his weapon with his right hand. And he also fights using his sword with his right hand, too. Hey-oh! 
<laughs> I bet he does wield his weapon with his right hand. Oh, jokes. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Cutting that off so it gets too creepy. So that's our list of some of our favorite vampire or, sorry, uh, monster hunters in general. We, we cast a wide net. Do you like our list? Do you hate our list? Who did we leave off that should have been on there? Who did we put on that shouldn't have been on there? Blah, 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 blah. Let us know in the comments. Uh, I had fun with this. I'm definitely game to do it again next year because we could. I feel like we could do this all day. Um, but we're going to cut it off there for today. So thank you guys for joining me down this uh, this exploration of badass conquerors of evil. Uh, Scott, thanks for just on the fly coming up with some great picks. Um, so I love having you guys on the show. Every one of us brings a slightly different perspective to it. So it's it's fun. Just remember, John, you, yes. you are the hunter. Just remember, Jay. Go watch Golden Army, you freaking slacker. The movie's like so, 10 years old. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Jesus. And, sorry. And, and the Night Stalker. Yeah. And, uh-huh. uh, Stand Against Evil. Right. Vampire Hunter D. Uh-huh. And... Finish Supernatural. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And there, there will be more ands forthcoming. That, that's it for this week. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll give sounds, you more next. Sounds week. good. Sounds good. Got it. <laughs> that's been our show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been your Nerd Alert.